0: Thank you for helping me transition to a new place after I was starting over and from experiencing a lot of loss in my life. Thank you for sending me those Bible verses after I was having a really hard day. They helped me a lot and they were very inspirational. Thank you for introducing me to such a wonderful place filled with wonderful people. They've helped me along the way just as much as you have. Because of you, I am now a follower of Christ. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you so much for standing by my side and helping me, constantly inviting me to Bible study. And I thank you for always standing by my side, no matter how hard it was for myself or you. Um, Knowing that I have PTSD, I'm a veteran, that it's hard, but you just stuck through it. for sending out flyers, inviting me to attend your church. It was a different church than I've ever experienced before. Um, Instantly felt comfortable going. My kids felt comfortable coming. I knew they were in a safe place. I know that they were going to learn just as I was learning. We were learning beside each other. Um, And all that together led me to follow Christ in baptism. And it has really changed my life and my kids' life. So thank you. Thank you for that poolside conversation that we had that one day where you shared with me your very favorite verse, Jeremiah 29:11, which impacted me so much that it became one of my favorite verses. And then the following Sunday, hearing it in church, the entire sermon being based on that verse just blew me away. I knew God was calling me to dig deeper and to dive deeper in with Him, and to seek baptism with Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you for bringing our family to this wonderful church when we needed it the most. Thank you for sharing that baptism not only affects me, but also has a profound effect on the ones that I love. Thank you. Thank you so much for teaching my small group. Thank you for bringing me to church since I was a little girl. And it's been very nice to experience what God does and what God helps us do. And thank you for teaching me so much about God. And I'm really excited that you were the one who taught me so much about God. Thank you. Thank you for always inviting me to go to church with you. Um, when I was suffering with my anxiety, I didn't want to go anywhere, and you pushed me, you kept pushing me to go to church with you. And from there, I started attending church, and I met God, and then I decided to get baptized, and I am so thankful for that. You gave me that first push that I really needed, and I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Simple words, thank you. That if they're, if they're timed right and well placed, they can have a profound impact on people's lives, especially the ones who receive the words, thank you. We've all been thinking about thankfulness, hopefully, before we went out and did a whole bunch of shopping, right? We thought about what we were thankful for and then went out and spent a bunch of money, right? I was looking online as I was getting ready for this message and I found out, you know Facebook's not private, right? They just want to make sure people know that. Sometimes I think people might think it is, you know, that nobody really sees that. They really do. So Facebook kind of did a a little query to find out, well, what are people thankful for? And they noticed some disproportionately high rates mentioned in people's status updates per state, And so they put out this map, you can find it online, probably find it on Facebook, the map that has what was disproportionately high in each state that people said they had a lot of gratitude for. Like if you're from New Hampshire, uh, you're really thankful for Netflix. I guess having to stay inside all winter or something, I don't know. know, You're thankful that Netflix exists. Uh, If you're uh, from Kansas, uh, the thing that was top of your thankfulness list is Google. Uh, you know, hard to find stuff out there where it's flat, I guess, and so you get to use Google. Uh, if you're from Arizona, guess what people from Arizona, what, what they, guess what they were thankful for? Rain, the rain. It, when it rains, they're, they're really thankful for that. Uh, f- people from Florida, um, they are thankful that they live by the beach, of course. Uh, Wyoming, thankful for country music. Pennsylvania, country music, who thought? If you're from Virginia, um. It's YouTube that tops your list. And then I saved the most spiritual answers for last. Uh, North Carolina and South Carolina, people uh, posted most that they were thankful for salvation. So figure that. So we're the most thankful for spiritual things in the country. So, why would we talk about, other than it being this time of year, why would we have a whole message where we talk about being thankful? I think thankfulness is a lot like, we we just finished this series on generosity where we talked about how sometimes we feel like we're generous, but until we think about it and start doing it, we're really not as generous as we think we are. And I believe thankfulness is the same way. We may feel gratitude, we may feel thankful for something or someone or something someone did in our life, but we just don't express it. And so I'm gonna talk today about what does it mean to express the thankfulness that we feel. Because by expressing thankfulness, it not only has a big impact on the receiver of that, it has a huge impact on us as well. We're going to look at a section of scripture in the New Testament, in the book of Luke, in Jesus' ministry. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. Raise your hand if you'd like a Bible. It's yours to keep if you want it. You can also borrow it and leave it in the back on the way out. Or you can just read along on the screen as all the scriptures I read from are posted up there. So we're looking at a part of Jesus's ministry in the book of Luke in the New Testament where he's teaching some really profound uh, things about eternity, about the core of his teaching. And in the middle of that, one of his disciples speaks up and he says, teach us how to increase our faith. And so Jesus goes into this episode after, right, almost right after this happens. And a disciple says, teach us how to increase our faith. They continue traveling, and this is what happens after they ask Jesus to do that for them. Luke 17, verse 11. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now, of course, these people with leprosy probably heard about Jesus, who he was, what he could do, maybe rumors that he had healed people. And so they realize this hopeless group of people think, well, maybe this guy can do something. You know, if you're diagnosed with something terminal, uh, you probably will seek every possible treatment, every possible avenue to a cure known to man. So for them, they were outcasts, Their life was essentially over, and they see this Messiah that that they've heard he claims to be. They know he's a rabbi. They've heard he can heal people, and so they yell out, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, people who were diagnosed with leprosy, especially in that day and time, it was a very common disease, it was pretty much a death sentence because leprosy started with maybe some tingling And then uh, things didn't feel quite right, and then you noticed a sore, and then it just progressed and progressed and progressed into coma and then death after a long and painful process. And so people who were lepers were forced to go live on the edge of the city or outside the city in colonies because it was so contagious they didn't want everybody else to get it. And the people who decided who had leprosy and who did it in the early stages would have been the priest. So they would go to the priest and if the priest noticed, yeah, that, that looks like leprosy, that meant you had to leave right then. You had to tell your family goodbye and forever be banished outside of town. And on your way out, if anybody came near you as you were walking down the street, you had to yell the word unclean, unclean, so people would stay away from you and you were just sent off with people who had the same disease, to die. So these lepers are desperate, and they see Jesus walking up, and they say, have mercy on us, and they cry out to him, and maybe for some of them, it was their last possible hope. And it says, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Following Jewish law, they went to show themselves to the priest and clearly the priest saw them and said, you're healed. They were healed when they obeyed Jesus and headed off to meet with the priest. They were clean and their life was forever changed. Could you imagine the joy, the celebration when they're like, ta-da, look, I don't have this anymore. Look at my skin, how clear it is. Look, all my fingers are back look at me. Can you imagine the celebration that must have taken place at every one of those 10 households? The hugs that maybe they hadn't felt in years. The conversations that they had been denied. There was no doubt at least 10 houses in Jerusalem full of a party when these guys show back up at home to see their parents and their kids and their and their wives. Can you just imagine that? But then the story goes a little bit deeper. Verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. So 10 men were healed. One comes back to say, thank you, praise God. And then Jesus has a question. Didn't I heal 10 men? Weren't there 10 people here who were sick? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now Jesus referred to him as a foreigner because he was a Samaritan and Jews didn't like Samaritans. They considered them half-breeds, half-Jewish, And have something else. And they thought Samaritans were beneath them. And they would have never given Samaritans any credit, even if they earned it, it wouldn't have mattered. And so Jesus makes a point to say, has only this this person that you consider to be a foreigner, this person that you consider to be ungodly, he's the only one that came back to say thank you? I mean, everybody was healed physically. This guy was not only healed physically, he was healed spiritually, and it clearly moved Jesus. Jesus was not only 100% God in the flesh, he was 100% a man as well. So the 100% God part healed this guy. The 100% man part must have felt great when this one guy comes back and says, thank you, Jesus, and fell at his feet and expressed his gratitude for what had just happened. Now, none of us, probably, none of us in here do what we do to receive thanks. I don't do what I do just so people pat me on the back. If I did, I would have stopped a long time ago. But it sure feels good when somebody comes up and says thanks, doesn't it? When you've put some effort out there or you've said some words and they come to you and say, thank you, that meant a lot for what you did or what you said. Thank you expresses thoughtfulness. It lets us know if you're the one that says thanks or one being thanked, it it lets everybody know that, hey, they actually thought about this. And this one had enough gratitude to come and express his thanks through saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done and acknowledging that Jesus was the one who did it. Now, the other nine, we're not really sure what they felt because they're silent. They didn't come back. Now, I'm going to guess they had gratitude. They're probably at home celebrating with their family saying, look, I can hug you now. Look, I can be integrated back into my family culture. I can go about daily business. Isn't it great? And they probably lived the rest of their lives telling people what this man named Jesus did for them. But they didn't communicate it. And I think more often than not, we find ourselves in the place of the nine than the one where we feel gratefulness and we're thankful for whatever happened or was said, but we don't go back and express it. But this one guy comes back and says, thank you. And even if I, even if I unintentionally don't give thanks, I still communicate some things. Even if it's like, well, they know I'm thankful, I mean, that's what the guys could have said. Well, Jesus, he healed us. He knows we're thankful. I want to stay here and, and celebrate. Doesn't mean they weren't thankful. It meant they didn't communicate it. And so by not communicating it, it communicates some other things. One is ungratefulness. And ungratefulness can be as simple as not taking the time to say thank you. Because feeling thankful and expressing it is not the same thing. It also communicates entitlement. Kids, let me if, if you're in here, you're a teenager, middle school, high schooler, thank your parents. Because if we think you feel entitled, you get less stuff, right? Isn't that right? If we think you think you deserve it, not gonna happen. You're not getting it. And what you do get, it's gonna be even harder to attain if we think that you're not grateful. Even if you are, you can be the most thankful feeling person for everything you have, but if you don't communicate that, that comes back to us who are the givers of the gift as, well, they just think they deserve that. And there's one thing that will kill my generosity towards anybody, especially my kids, if I feel like they think they're entitled to it, because they're not, right? They show up and take, right? That's what they do. They're kids. But it communicates. Entitlement, if you don't communicate and express your thankfulness. It also can communicate rejection without intending to. Oftentimes, couples will come to me and say, hey, pastor, I, I, we've got a problem. We would like to talk to you. And they sit down in my office and we start to talk. And, and quite often, here's the issue. It's communication. You may have dealt with this in your marriage. It'll be a communication problem. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I see heads going, yeah, hey, got that. And here how, here's how it often breaks down. It's usually the wife who says this because it is a fact. Google it. Women speak more words than men. That's, a, that's true. You speak more words than a day, ladies. That's just a fact how God made you, and that's okay. Guys speak less. And so oftentimes, the wife will say something like, I just don't feel appreciated. And the husband will say, well, I appreciate you. Yeah, but you don't tell me. I just told you that I appreciate you. And then I 'm like, "Okay, I get it. you know I, I get the, where the communication issue is it 's not that he 's not thankful for all that you do, for everything you do while he 's not there, plus when he 's there it 's not that he's not thankful for that wives it's just that more often than not, he fails to express express it, and what it communicates is rejection. I just feel rejected because he never says thank you. He never tells me how much." He appreciates me. And so by failing to communicate thankfulness causes us to communicate things that aren't even true, but nevertheless, that's how they come across. Rabbis in Jesus's day, they taught that you had to thank God for every item of food. So when you sat at the table, it wasn't, oh God, thank you for this big meal in front of us. It was, hey, thank you for the bread. Thank you for the meat. Thank you for the rolls. Thank you for the, that's also bread. Thank you for everything and just go around the menu items saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you forgot, you had to turn around and go back to where you consumed the meal to thank God. So if you were on the road away from where you ate your meal and you realized, oh, I forgot to say thanks, you had to walk all the way back and go to the place where you were to say thank you. And so rabbis of Jesus's day would debate, well, how long is it that a person has to say thank you before it really doesn't matter. And they would say, before the food is digested out of the body, you need to say thank you. And if you wait until then, it's too late. So you'd be going to the restroom. Everybody does it. It's not gross. Okay, well, it is gross, but it's not bad to talk about it. Everybody goes. So going to the restroom, and they're like, oh, man, I forgot to say thanks. So you got to hold it. you got to go back where you were, and you got to say, thank you, God, for the food. And it's a quick one, and you go back to the restroom. That's what they taught. That's what they believed. You you had to say thanks before the food exited your body. So the general principle that they lived by was thank God for everything. And when you didn't, here's a saying they had. He who enjoys anything from creation, which is without blessing, commits misuse. What that really says is if you enjoy something you're blessed with without giving thanks, it's a form of theft. And so Jesus would have had this in mind when he said, Where are the other nine? Where are they? He would have known this tradition. He would have realized, hey, this guy remembered to thank me because they were healed as soon as they turned around, but they had to go show themselves to the priest. The other one must have remembered and thought, oh, I got to go back to the place where I was healed and say thank you to the person who healed me. What must it have been like for Jesus that somebody came back and said, Jesus, thank you. I acknowledge that you are the one who healed me. A few years ago, I was just feeling stressed out, and I was feeling burned out. So I went on this spiritual retreat, and what I learned there just changed my life to develop some new habits in my life to prevent that. It changed everything about me. About a year after that, I was just reflecting on the previous 12 months and seeing how God had really changed things inside of me and helped me develop new habits to live healthier. And I wrote the guy, the the guy that ran this retreat center, I wrote him a letter and just said, hey, I just wanted to say thanks, and I gave him a lot of specifics. And he emailed me back the moment he read that and said, I really appreciate it. It makes me keep doing what I'm doing because not many return to say thanks. And he quoted this story from Luke and he said, thank you for being the one. Now, I don't get that right more than I do get it right. But it feels really good to know the words that I spoke encourage somebody. The words that I spoke In expressing my gratitude made a difference in somebody's life. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Don't just feel thankfulness, express it. It's it's easy to feel it. It's one more step to express it. Be like the one. Be like the one that returned, saw he was healed, came back, and praised God. You know, when we're growing up, our parents say to us all the time, what do you say to the nice man or the nice woman? What do you say? Thank you. I mean, that, that, if you're a kid, that's really not a question. That's like a command, you know. And so what we're hoping is, well, we can teach our little ones to th- say thank you. Even if they don't even feel gratitude, then maybe it'll get embedded in their little hearts and they'll grow up some kids that are full of gratitude and thankfulness will easily come across their lips. When he returns, this one guy, he, he shows his dependence upon God simply by returning and saying thanks so be like the one and give thanks to God give thanks to others because the results of showing gratitude the results of verbalizing your thankfulness towards God or somebody here's what happened remember this whole thing started out with one of Jesus' disciples saying hey show us how to increase our faith and the very next thing Is Jesus healing these guys and one coming back. So there must be a connection in my faith increasing and my level of expressed thankfulness. Giving thanks, here's what it does. It reminds me of what I have been given. It just reminds me. If you ever feel like you don't have anything, or you feel like everything's against you, just sit down and start to make a list of all that you do have of all that you are blessed with. And it won't be long until you start to feel the thankfulness that maybe had eluded you before. Just express, here's what I'm thankful for. Giving thanks also helps me realize that I am dependent upon God and people to get through life. It helps me realize I'm not the center of everything. So when he came back, this one leper That was healed, he came back and acknowledged, This is because of you, God. I want to give you praise for this. He didn't do it. The priest didn't do it. He wanted to acknowledge that God did it. And acknowledging that God has given us forgiveness and mercy and grace can change us and can help our faith grow. So the challenge is to to shift and not just feel thankful, but shift to where we express it. To where we give thanks by saying thanks. Sometimes I journal my prayers. And one of the headings that, on these sheets that I have where I journal my prayers is thankfulness. And I just go down and I thank God over and over and over again. So let's try this. Now, if you're here for the first time, this, we don't do this every week, because so it feels weird, do it anyway, okay? Let's just, let's say together the two words, thank you. Are you ready? One, two, three, thank you. Okay, so we can all say it. So there probably are some people in your life you need to say that to today. Maybe your husband, your wife, your kids, your parents, a friend, somebody that you have felt gratitude for, who's done something for you, maybe they don't even know about it, that we need to say thank you. Might be somebody at the grocery store, at the restaurant, and just say Thank you for the smile that always brightens my day. That's all those two words that they just come out of our mouth and we express gratitude and it has an impact that we don't even realize on us and on the receiver. So as we go today and start this frantic Christmas season that no matter how, way, how you approach it, it's going to be stressful and frantic. Go with expressing thanks to people and to God. Don't just feel it, express it. Give thanks by saying thanks. Let's pray. God, help us to be like the one guy that came back to Jesus. God, when we feel thankfulness, give us opportunities to express that. And God, if If that means sending a text today, writing a letter, an email, or just walking up to somebody and say, thank you, please, please motivate us to make that happen. Thank you for giving your son, and thank you for the opportunity that we have to follow him. And I pray this in his name. Amen.